It's time for Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Now, here's Bart Scott and Dan Grossa. And welcome into another edition of Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Dan Grossa joined, as always, by my pal, former Jet linebacker, Bart Scott. Bart, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Victory Monday, all rolled into one. Nothing could be better. How are you, my friend? I am great, man. There have been few and far between, but listen, you take them where you can get them in the Jets. You know, we're able to win in front of their home crowd, and that's a great Christmas gift for everybody that was in attendance. No doubt about it. You know what? The faithful that showed up, they got themselves a pretty entertaining ball game. 26 to 21, came down to the last play, literally, where Jaguars were a little bit unset. They couldn't complete that pass to Marvin Jones in the end zone regardless, but Jets walk out of there with a victory. And there's a lot of positives you take away from the game. You know, when you have two teams like the Jets and Jacksonville, you could tell that aren't going to the playoffs this year. They kind of dove into their bag of tricks on both sides. You saw a lot of fakes, a fake field goal, fake punt. It was an entertaining game. But at the end of the day, you still take the core football elements out of it. You have to start with the play of the quarterback who once again played a mistake-free football game and really showed you a little bit of what you hope is going to make him a special player at that position for the Jets for a lot of years. Well, it's about humility, right? Because you don't always have to be the main story. It's about getting the victories, right? You know, I think when you talk about quarterbacks outside of the, any other position, you know, we, we really keep, you know, we keep record of their wins and loss totals, right? We don't keep wins, loss totals of linebackers, receivers, or things of that sort. But you talk about wins in this league, that's what quarterbacks are measured on. So at the end of the day, nobody really cares if he didn't throw for 300 yards. You know, he was effective, and he did what he was supposed to do. And sometimes we throw around that game manager, um, and we, we, we act like it's a negative. But you have to be able to manage this, the, the situation. When you lean at other sports, nobody criticizes – Chris Paul for being a game manager, right? We also we actually elevate him for understanding what's needed for the situation, right? And and that's what Zach Wilson was about, right? He was able to be, be you know four for four for ninety one, you know, and start finally making teams pay if they want to go two man and go man to man and turn their backs to him, not respecting his athleticism because it was something that he hadn't put on film, and you know being able to go and listen, you know, <laughs> it's on film now. Right. Yep. And, you know, he 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 teased the he teased the defenders, you know, on the end of the sideline. And he, he came back and hit the L2 and came back and went, you know, you, you get away with that once or twice in this league. Right. Before guys. The stopped you the, yeah. Before guys stop giving you the benefit of the doubt. And when you run towards that sideline, they're going to assume that you're going to stay in. and They're going to start cleaning you up. But listen, it worked yesterday. I think he's going to have to have his antennas up going forward because nobody wants to be that defense that let up. And allowed the quarterback to come back, but he did, that was that was just one. That just accounted for fifty-two of the yards, right? right? The other, the other uh, thirty-nine came from the fact that he was able to be able to to kind of use his athleticism. And you know, one if my read's not there, and I see alleys and guys aren't respecting my athleticism, then I'm going to make them pay. And uh, I think that's an element of his game that he's going to have to add. And when I look at Zach Wilson, it reminds me so much of you know when Steph Curry came in the league. And you, he was so slight, you had concerns about him being durable and healthy, especially because Steph Curry, you know, really was injured his first couple of years with the ankle injury, ironically enough, right? He was injured with the ankle injury. And I look at Zach Wilson, right? He's a young man, right? And he's going to mature and grow into a, uh, a young boy or, or a, not young boy, but he's going to grow into a mature man, right? And part of that process 
is putting in the work, right? We always laugh at the pictures of Giannis when he's 19, he's with the Bucks and he's really slender. And we look Good at point, Steph yeah. Curry. But now we look at what those guys did. So if, if Zach Wilson wants to take the next step to his game, it's going to be in the mill room and it's going to be in the weight room as he's going to have to mature and, and get a mature adult body so that he can do more of that and his body can withstand some of the hits that he's going to have to re- absorb when he puts himself in harm's way. And he look, he was missing some key contributors yesterday, right? I mean, he was without his top three wide receivers. He was missing his two starting guards. He loses his center in the fourth quarter of that game yesterday. Uh, you know, Ryan Griffin goes on IR, his top tight end there. So, I mean, they played shorthanded yesterday, and he still managed to move the team up and down the field. The offense put points on the scoreboard. Heck, he was even throwing tight end passes to offense or touchdown passes to offensive linemen yesterday, Bart. So it was a little bit of everything. And as I said a couple of minutes ago, I think it's encouraging now three straight games without an interception. We're up to 103 consecutive pass attempts without an INT. And I know that a couple of them could have easily found, you know, the Jaguar defenders there, but they couldn't corral them. But these are things to build upon now going into the final two weeks of the season against some pretty quality opposition we know, which is down the road. Right. And that's what I'm excited to see, right? Because we've seen him do this in spurts against lesser competition. And what I want to see Zach Wilson be able to do is when the competition gets better, your process doesn't change, right? You still get rid of the ball. You still identify, you know, the rotation of the defense, what defense that they're in, either that's pre-snap information or post-snap information. But I want him to, no matter what the opponent, I want his procedure to be correct. I want his hot routes to be correct. I don't care about the end result. At this point, the end result, whether the receiver catches it or not, I want to know that you know and that you understand because that's when the game begins to slow down for you. You know, it's, it's no different. The game is no different from Zach's transition from high school to college. He went in, he had to learn new verbiage that he's never learned before, and he had to play at a higher level. And a lot of times people say, well, you know, this is the best level, the highest level. Yes, it is. But also your 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 teammates, your resources are higher. Right. right? So, so the transition shouldn't be as steep as people sometimes may say, because if you have teammates, it helps you execute because you're going against tougher competition, but you have better protection. You have better skill position players. You have the pros, pros. Everybody, that's a, that's a great thing about the NFL. When it's the pros, it's not like college with a disparity between the pros. Everybody gets good players in the league, right? It's about who can play well together, who can execute the game plan. And that starts with knowledge. And then slowly but surely, hopefully he can start making that 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 next step to being a leader. I, know, I understand he has a C on his chest. But right now, that's a C that was given to him, not a C that was earned. Because it's, it's just too hard to be a rookie in this league. Now, maybe if I can say any rookie has earned it and should maybe get a C on his chest, you know, postseason, you know, it's, it's a guy like, you know, Michael Parsons who came in this league and has took it by storm. Zach had, isn't there yet, but he needs to earn that C on his chest. Right now, it's just been given to him. But he's going about it the right way. It's about humility and always putting your teammates first. You know, when you think about the entire team here as a whole, like this victory yesterday, using the word rewarding, maybe not do it justice enough. Because, you know, like the fans, they get so caught up and consumed about, um, you know, you talk about who's here, who's not there. All right, let's hear more from the Jets quarterback here. Zach Wilson following yesterday's game with our senior reporter, Eric Allen. Zach, what does this victory say about this team after everything you guys have endured this week? Yeah, just to take it a game at a time. You know, it's uh, it's been a rough season, not what we've hoped, but 
you know, we got to put something good on film. So every single week we're going to keep fighting, you know, keep going. And uh, the guys have, uh, we had something to prove today. So take me to the sideline, fourth and one there. Trevor Lawrence has the ball. How did you take it all in? Yeah, I was just hoping we got a stop. You know, it was coming fast. They did a good job driving. Uh, I was just praying our defense could get a stop right there. So uh, an awesome job by them locking it up. An awesome job by them locking it up. So uh, uh, it felt good. You know, wish it could have been easier, uh, not on the one-yard line, but uh, we got it. So. Hey, are you aware that you just rushed for more yards on the ground than any quarterback in franchise history? Oh, wow. That's that's. I don't know if that's a good thing for me or bad for everybody else. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it worked out. You know, I wasn't planning on running. It just uh, kind of happened. I feel like I just had to take advantage of uh, what the defense was giving me. Well, can you take me through the 52-yard score? Yeah, we got man coverage, uh, pressure up the middle. I had a chance to dump it off underneath, pocket closed, so I stepped up, and I just saw a huge lane. You know, all the receivers are going away from where I got out. And, um, you know, once I got by the sideline, I was planning on just going out of bounds, but he didn't He didn't hit me or push me out, so I just I, – I, just kept going, and then I think the second guy thought I was going to step out as well, and so I was able to cut back, and uh, it ended up just working out for me. Lastly, how cool of a moment was it for you guys and Coach Middleton uh, after COVID had run wild throughout the organization throughout the week? Yeah, really cool. You know, he's got some passion, some great energy. Uh, the guys love when he's up there, you know, saying his thing. So uh, it was cool to have him step up and do his thing, uh, you know, but I feel like everyone individually – um, had the right mindset coming into today and knowing what they had to do. Thanks, Zach. Thank you. All right, thanks a lot, guys. And this is Inside the Jets, and we're brought to you by Selective Insurance. Be uniquely insured. Dan Grassa alongside Bart Scott. We talked about Zach Wilson, Bart, and his prowess when it came to moving the football with his legs yesterday. But what about the team as a whole? 273 yards rushing, which is the most by the Jets in three years. You talk about the rookie Michael Carter. 118 yards on the ground, about seven and a half yards per pop. I mean, this is a team that we said a little bit earlier, came into the game without their two starting guards. You lose Connor McGovern, your center, in the fourth quarter yesterday, but they had an unbelievable day when it came to churning out those yards on the ground. Well, this is the scheme that we were promised, right? When we knew that they were bringing in Robert Sala and they were bringing in LaFleur, who had a background in the Kyle Shanahan type of system. This is the type of explosive you know, run game that we've expected, right? And finally, I think that they're finally starting to understand. They're starting to understand how they want to block certain fronts. And it really doesn't matter. It's a plug and play. Remember, this is a, a run game that, you know, traditionally under um, Mike Shanahan and, and 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 Gary Kubiak later, you know, was one of these things that, you know, it had thousand yard rushers that the likes that we had never heard of. Now, I don't think that you can just plug a guy in because I do think that Michael Carter is a special talent. But I think the run game enhances his ability, and he he's able to operate at a high level. And that was just an example of it. Tevin Coleman as well. And, you know, this is how this team, I think, is going to be successful. This is how Zach Wilson is going to be a, an elite and, and premier young talent. If you can run the football, it sets the table for everything that you want to do. It sets the table for being able to get body blows and wear out the opponent where you can close games out. Because we've seen time after time, you know, we've seen teams get out to huge leads, but because they can't sort away the clock by keeping the clock running, by running the ball, you know, they, they let teams back in because they throw the ball and, and incompletions stop right. the clock. And, you know, if this team can learn how to do that, not only will they be able to blow some teams out by just attrition, 
But when they do have a lead and it's a tight game, they'll be able to have that famous four-minute offense like we used to have with Thomas Jones, like we had with Sean Green and LT, to be able to salt games away so that when you get two scores, so and the two scores would be two touchdowns, it could be a touchdown and a field goal, you know, you know that the game is over and you know all you have to do is go to your run game and, and, and that'll set the table for everything else. And also gives that defense time to rest so they can play with their hair on fire because they're not having a lot of reps. Yeah, and that was one of the odd things about the game yesterday, right, is that the fact that the Jets ran the ball as well as they did, but the defense was on the field for a good portion of that game, right? It was it, normally when you think when you're eating up the clock and the time of possession and that sort of thing yeah. gives your defense a little bit of a spell. But Jacksonville had a, several long drives in that game, which, look, Jets overcame it. They won the game. But that defense, they had to put in their time yesterday. Well, you know, they had to because they couldn't get off the field on third down. And, you know, they gave up some big plays. And listen, Trevor Lawrence is a talent as well. Um, it came down to the wire. And, and, you know, you have to be able to get off the field on third down. And that's how you are able to to, to be able to be a complement to a tremendous running game. You know, the Jets have a little work to do, but they were really, really shorthanded. And, um, you know, you had guys out there that were just playing, you know, and not always having a lot of chemistry, you know, missing a lot of key pieces. But they found a way to make the timely stops. You know, they, they found a way not to give up touchdowns, to, to give up field goal attempts. And I believe that was the difference in the game. This is Inside the Jets. Remember, Jets fans, you can watch Inside the Jets through the Jets app presented by Fubo Sportsbook. Go to the App Store or Google Play right now and search official New York Jets. When we return, we'll be joined by one of the heroes of yesterday's victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Braxton Berrios joins us right here on Inside the Jets presented by EY, building a better working world. And welcome back to Inside the Jets. Dan Gross and Bart Scott with you. We're pleased to be joined now by Jet-wide receiver Paxton Berrios, who had a big hand in yesterday's victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's part of our player guest segment, which is brought to you by EY, building a better working world. Braxton, Dan Gross and Bart Scott, congrats on the win yesterday, my friend. Thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you uh, for having me on. Was, was yesterday a statement game for you when you talk about being snubbed for the Pro Bowl and all the hard work that you've put in on special teams? And, you know, we've all been there. Sometimes, you know, it's, it's about name recognition, and sometimes people aren't really looking at what's really going on and who's effective. And sometimes it's a popularity contest as well. Was yesterday a statement saying, hey, listen, I am that guy, and I, I, I'm deserving of the Pro Bowl, and you guys missed out. You know, because the popularity contest, not a contest that's 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 judged on the film. No, absolutely. Um, you know, it's uh, it kind of all reverts back to controlling what you can control, and um, you know, I, I can't control a popularity contest or how they pick things or the way they go about things. But um, what I can control is the uh, the stats and the numbers. And uh, you know, what is it? Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. No doubt. <laughs> All right, all right, all right, Jigga. Uh, so, like, when, when you look at the game, right, you know, you guys are down 20 players, you know, and, and you, you expect your leaders to step up. And, you know, it, it seems to me like you're in short order becoming one of these emotional leaders as well, you know, with, with the passion which you play with. But, you know, you do the dirty work. You know, you talk about being a special teamer, but also being a major contributor and being kind of that Swiss Army knife. Was this an opportunity for you to say that, hey, when guys need to step up, I'm capable as well, and that you can start depending on my my um, you know my productivity because it's consistent? Absolutely. Um, you know, it's uh, my motto kind of the whole year, and honestly, for my career is kind of whenever, whatever. Um, and and that just that that was kind of 
my my mindset going into this game as well um and really this whole season you know whatever we need to do in whatever position um I'm, I'm willing to do whether it's the dirty work you know whether it's on the line blocking a d end or going in and blocking a mike sam backer or it's you know r- running a route and doing the typical wide receiver stuff um you know I, i'm here to win and whatever that takes is uh is, I'm, I'm game for 190 all-purpose yards for you yesterday. Of course, 102 of it coming off that kickoff return that you took to the house. And you and I talked a few weeks ago when you had that big one against the Philadelphia Eagles to open the game. And just that feeling in your mind or that thought in your mind when you saw that hole open up. Yesterday, I think the hole was even bigger. Were you thinking those same exact things once you saw that incredible amount of real estate that you had to work with? No, absolutely. Um, You know, we we, we executed our plan there uh, pretty much to perfection, I'd say. And, uh, you know, there, there was different seams. And, you know, w- once I hit that one to the right and we already beat the kicker because he tried to insert uh, a little bit more towards the middle, um, I, I knew that one was gone. The sideline was there. Uh, there was nobody ahead of me. And, um, you know, we, we did. We I, I got to give all the credit to the other 10 guys on the field because I, I, I truly don't think I was touched. And that's a that's a credit to them, not to me. You know, what, what was the level of disrespect when you saw the guys trying to walk? Were you looking up at the big at the um, at the jumbo monitor like this dude is still pumping his arms? You're not going to catch me. I don't know what you <laughs> saw in your scouting report, but I got that long speed because we didn't see that old where you had the zigzag or nothing like that. But they still was trying. Yeah. And then the dude tried to tackle you 10 yards in the end zone. Like, yo, bro, what's going on here, man? Like, did you, did you have a couple of words with him? Like, hey, man, you need to pump your brakes. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know what was in their scouting report, but again, um, I, I did. I peeped up at the scoreboard just to uh, just to make sure at one point in time. But absolutely, once once we crossed the forty, um, there was there was no shot. And uh, yeah, I, I obviously saw that on the on the replay of uh, you know somebody diving at me about seven yards deep. Um, but you know what what can you do? We we're celebrating at that point. No, absolutely. So, like, when, when you when you see where, where we are with the NFL season, right, COVID's there, and mm-hmm. it's really, you know, taking a lot of people, you know, off the field. You know, you guys were minus 20. You know, the Texans were down a, lot, a, a huge amount of numbers. But when you when you look at that, do you see that as an advantage? Because what happens is a lot of special teamers are pressing to action, and you're used to going both ways and playing a lot of snaps on offense and special teams. But is it potentially a, a hidden weapon, the fact these next two games – you know, you talk about a third of the game as being special teams. Is this a place where the Jets can really take advantage because you guys still have a lot of your core teamers, but, you, you know, you're a guy that's available and you can take advantage of maybe some some special teamers on other teams that's been overextended. Because people don't understand, when you go – I used to hate that punt, defense, punt, return, three and out. It was yeah. like the killer. It's like you you tapping after that, but you can't you can't axe out because you're a special teamer. You're not you just happy to be getting steps, snaps. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's um, you know, and and again, uh, aside from that that one long return, even you know when they when they kicked to the other side and uh, you know Tevin was returning. I mean, we 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 still gashed them, and so that that is a big part of uh, of obviously the the game plan and you know, our hopes going forward in the next two games uh, to finish out the season is that, you know, our special teams really, really steps up and really becomes that spark and a consistent spark for this uh, for this offense and, and defense at times, obviously. Um, and, and we can take advantage of, you know, all the COVID injuries. You know, it's week 16 going into week 17 of an NFL season. You know, there's, there's going to be adversity. There's going to be people who, uh, you know, might not have been on a team in week one or, you know, have bounced around a few teams that get inserted into play. 
And, uh, you know, honestly, our job is if, if they're on our team to coach them and get them up to speed so we can take advantage of them on the other team. Talking about Braxton Berrios here on Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. You know, Bart mentioned a little while ago there about the challenges of the week with the COVID and, you know, the obstacles that you had to overcome, you know, Christmas week, all of those things. I mean, you got to the stadium yesterday, you find out a little over an hour before the game that you're going to be down another guy because Quinnen yeah. ends up going into the protocol. You've been playing football a long time. Was this win yesterday as rewarding and as satisfying a win as you've maybe had in your football career, given the challenges that you guys had to fight through this week? No, absolutely. Um, and, and like I just said, you know, there's, there's going to be adversity uh, in an NFL season regardless. But, you know, the fact that we were down 20 something players, the fact that uh, we had another, you know, we call it popped, but got popped, you know, an hour or two before kickoff. And, you know, the next man had to step up. Uh, you know, obviously there was a lot of uncertainty going into the week, but it's a credit to this coaching staff and these, um, you know, and everybody on our team, obviously, of, you know, everybody in the building being ready, um, no matter if you were the starter or you're on practice squad or wherever you were on the so-called depth chart at this time of the year, um, you know, that you were ready to play. And, you know, obviously across the board we were and we did a great job all week at that. And, uh, no, it, it does make it more rewarding because, you know, a lot of things were stacked against us. And, you know, this team showed a lot of resiliency. And, um, you know, we got to be proud of that. Now, sometimes, you know, when I used to come to the game, you think about what I want to wear. Like, what, what, what's, what's my mindset, right? And, you know, yesterday postgame, I saw you with the uh, reindeer outfit. Was that symbolic? <laughs> Where, like, which one were you? Were you Rudolph? Like, hey, guys, follow me. I got the red nose. I'll lead us to safety. What was what was symbolic about the uh, the Rudolph or I can't say Rudolph the reindeer outfit? Yeah, yeah generic uh, no, reindeer. It, it, ge yeah, generic. Uh, yeah. Um, no, honestly, it wasn't symbolic. The only symbol was that you know it was Christmas, and obviously, I didn't go into the stadium with that, and that was that was tucked away in my bag, uh, barring the outcome of the game. And luckily, I got to pull it out. Um, but yeah, that's all it was. It was it was Christmas. It was. Uh, it's time to celebrate. Like I said, it, it's hard winning the NFL. Um, I don't care how you cut it, uh, especially with everything we went through as well this week. So, you know, it was uh, it, it was something I was happy I got to do. And, you know, honestly, I only had one onesie in my uh, in my closet. And that happened to be it. <laughs> I think no, it would be no, great. No, we, saying, I think it would have been great if you came into the stadium like that, too, Braxton, you know, start <laughs> to finish the whole thing. Yeah. Well, now yeah. what was so if you're so if you were Rudolph, does that make Zach uh, Santa Claus? And what did you think about the Willie Beam and Invisible Juice? As he, I didn't know he had it. It looked like a piano jumped on his back as he had a little giddy up. But then his eyes got big once he got close to the end zone, and he finished strong through the line, as we would say. No, absolutely. Uh, you know, he, he started running obviously, and then he kind of went to the sideline and halfway was maybe going to go out, and then burst up the sideline and made another move inside, and then, like you said, finished strong and uh, incredible run. And you know, obviously, that's. Uh, that's a that's a momentum shifting play um if anybody does it but obviously when you, when your quarterback does it um and uh finishes it with a touchdown you you just love to see it and that's something that he uh he did a lot yesterday you know when when things broke down or didn't look right he escaped the pocket and either made a throw on the run or uh made it made it happen with his feet well, Braxton, hang tight. We want more with you coming up here in just a few minutes. Rejoining with Braxton Berrios here on Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. And welcome back in again to Inside the Jets. Dan Gross and Bart Scott. We're joined by Jet Wideout Braxton Berrios, and it's part of our player guest segment brought to you by EY, 
building a better working world. How do you feel at this point of the season physically? I mean, you're going to have an extra week to deal with here, throw on what the NFL did, but, you know, late season, everybody's banged up. And how's the body feeling here with a couple of games still to go? Um, you know, like you said, it's it's week 17 now um, going into, and we have one more week that added on this season. Uh, you know, body is going to feel how it's supposed to feel this late in the season. But at the end of the day, no uh, – Nobody cares. Um, you know, you, you got to go out there and you got to you got to do your thing and you got to execute and you got to play. Um, but, you know, wh- how how it feels, we'll do that. Uh, we'll do that self audit um, January 10th. Well, you know how it is, right? Like, you know, you, you don't have to be feeling great. You just need to be feeling just a little bit better than the guy that you're going against right now. And that's, yeah. that's just kind of the state of, of what it is to, to go through any type of season. But, you know, to quote the great, you know, um, Joey Crack, yesterday's price is not today's price. And when you get to the end of seasons and you're coming up on free agency, you know, you want to make sure you finish strong and you want to make sure that you show the team who you are and what you stand for. You know, this is an opportunity for you to kind of give an open letter to Jet fans and to the management about, you know, how important you are because it seems to me like you're one of these glue guys. I played with a guy that was similar to you in Jericho Cotri who was a guy that just made everything work. You know, yesterday's performance, you know, do, do you do you feel like that was that encompasses everything you are as a player and what you bring to every team both in the locker room on on the field and playing, you know, special teams and doing whatever it takes for a team, the ultimate selfless guy? Um no, absolutely. Uh like I said before, you know, it's uh it's a whenever whatever. You know, wh- whatever we need, whatever we have to do. I'm I'm game for. And I, I really pride myself on being the same person every day. Um, you know, whether that's uh, whether that's getting 50 snaps in a game or whether it's getting 10, which, you know, I've, I've kind of done both this season. Um, you know, it, it's it's. Uh, yeah, it's it's just what I it's what I love doing. I, I love bringing passion to the game. And, uh, you know, I love playing for my team. And obviously, I, I love winning as well, but I hate losing even more. And I, I think you see that. You know, you you guys certainly had a lot of fun in that locker room after the game yesterday. You know, you could see that it meant a lot for Ron Middleton getting a chance to lead the team this weekend. I guess you were even able to zoom in with Robert Sala, right? And <laughs> after the victory in that locker room, I mean, you talk about a cool experience there, but I guess that that's part of the world we're living in now in 2021. Yeah, yeah. Uh, poor Coach Sala. I know he was absolutely going nuts uh, in whatever hotel or apartment that he was in. Um, but it was fun, obviously, seeing him uh, celebrate with us in the locker room and, you know, give us uh, g- give us a little his two cents of, of what he saw. Um, and uh, again, he was he was obviously absolutely thrilled for us. And we were obviously thrilled for Coach Middleton as well. I want to I want to push it forward a little bit right now. You got defending champions coming in. You know, you got guys that's going to come in with tremendous resumes, Pro Bowls, All Pros. You know, franchise guys. Some you know maybe even teetering on on Hall of Fame. How excited do you get to be able to have an opportunity? Because what to be said is okay. Well, you did that against Jacksonville, but how excited do you get when you get to go against the best of the best and be able to measure yourself up and be able to prove? Because that's where you make your name. You know, when you go against guys like that, because everybody be watching and that's the way you earn your respect. How excited are you personally? How quickly would you go? Are you going back to the lab to get ready to go against the champs? Uh, immediately, immediately. It's uh, it's an excellent opportunity and it's a fun one as well. Um, you know, they're, they're coming in. I believe they just clinched their division. 
uh, you know, so they're they're already looking looking to the playoffs, and obviously, you know, we're we're uh, we're not necessarily fighting for the exact same things, but we're fighting for the next opportunity, and this is an incredible one in front of us. So we're we're, we're excited. The quarterback has done some things in his career, just just a couple of things, you know, nothing really all that special. But you got a chance to be a teammate of his when you broke into the NFL. What were some of the things that you were able to pick up from Tom Brady? <laughs> you know, that you observed, maybe it was even from afar, about how he goes about his business day in, day out, that you can help to apply to your career moving forward? No, absolutely. Uh, I, I learned I learned an absolute a, a ton um, in that time I was there. And, you know, a lot of things, you know, from afar observing and, you know, other things in meetings, um, hearing how he sees things and, you know, watching him break down a defense and, you know, if they do this, what is he going to do and stuff like that. So a lot of that um, football IQ I learned there. And, you know, it's uh, it's invaluable, honestly. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he was a great guy. He was a great teammate. And I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, for uh, for that challenge again. Now, I don't know how many fans know this necessarily, but back in your career at Miami, forget about on the football field, you had a pretty good academic career as well. You were the valedictorian in the business school. And you told the media a couple of weeks ago that you got one B, one B while you were there, and you just couldn't let it go. It gnawed at you. You just couldn't put it aside there. What was what was the class that you got the B in? And you bring it up again. I, I told have to them bring it up again. I couldn't put it aside. It gnawed at me. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was a finance class. It was a finance class. I got a B. It happens. Um, I fell short. Honestly, I fell short. Uh, and that uh, – it was one of those things where, um, you know, I, I'm kind of glad I did in a way. Obviously, I wasn't at the time, and obviously, I don't love it about it now. Um, but it just goes to show that, uh, you know, I, I I strive to be perfect in that area, and I fell short. So there's always a little bit more I could have done. And, uh, you know, that kind of translates into other aspects of my life as well. How big of a passion is that, the whole business side of thing? Like, I know you're playing football right now, and that probably eat up, eats up a lot of your day in, day out. But as far as the off-the-field stuff, maybe life after football and opportunities there, is that something that you're still keeping a watchful eye on, even as you're in the middle of your football career? Yeah. Um, I always say I, I grew up wanting to uh, wanting to play in the NFL. I didn't, I didn't grow up you know, loving school. I didn't love school when I, you know, I think that's a big misconception when people hear uh, how well I did in school that I liked it or I loved it. I didn't. Um, but I had to do it. So if I'm going to have to do it and put my name on it, I want it to be, you know, representative of who I am as a person. And that was a competitive switch that just never flipped off. So, you know, I, I grew up wanting to play in the NFL and that's what I'm doing now. And I'm, I'm lucky enough to be living my dream. And Obviously, I'm going to do this uh, for absolutely as long as I can. And, you know, the whole the whole business thing um, is uh, it, it, it comes. I, I do things on the side as well, uh, just to just because it's the right thing to do and it's the smart thing to do. Um, but obviously, my my focus is here because this is this is what my life goal is. You know, I, w I wonder what the conversations are in a locker room now. You know, as you know, the locker room environment has changed so much. You know, the world has changed so much since I you know, left the league in 2013. Now, it's weird because I remember growing up and watching my son trade Pokemon cards and also Fortnite changing skins. How much of the conversation are about NFTs and digital art and that stuff going on as guys are trying to educate themselves in the middle of the season as it as it exploded? Did you get you some board apes? Did you did you buy you some yacht apes? Are you slanging some some NFTs around? 
No, nah, I have uh, I have a good amount of friends who have a few uh, board apes, um, some crypto punks, and you know everything of that nature. And uh, honestly, I'm in a I'm in a, a group chat with with all of them, so that's kind of how I keep up with with that you know, part of the world. Do I, anybody get you, anybody get you one on the side? Anybody like that's, look out for you? I, that's what I'm saying. I know you're busy out. preparing for you know to pick up this uh, hot route, you know, figure all that type of stuff up. Man, I bought your board ape. You can give me the money later. That's what I'm saying. Help me. Um, and, and by the time I got I got put on game, it was it was deep in that deep in that board ape uh, explosion, should say. Uh, I think you can't buy one for under two hundred thousand right now. Um, but no, I uh, and it's funny because I, I talked to uh, actually Elijah Moore um, really over the last month, kind of about uh, NFTs, and I'm still learning. Obviously, that that whole decentralized land and uh, the metaverse and you know everything of that you know. Uh, that sense. But yeah, we, we do. We, we talk about it a lot because at the end of the day, I, I tell everybody, you know, whatever, whatever you come out of this league with, you know, whether it's just a few years on practice squad or whatever, it's hard to it's hard to get a job with, uh, you know, at 23, 24, making 100 plus thousand dollars a year. Um, so this is incredible leverage. Uh, and if that's all it is, then that's great. And hopefully it's a lot more. But if all it is, is a few years and incredible leverage that you, you got a great start on life. I got some homework to do after the show today. That's for darn sure, because I didn't understand a word you guys were talking we'll, about. We'll, there. We'll, talk, we'll talk to your kids or talk to your nieces and nephews yeah. that, that used to sell skins. You know, the first Bitcoin actually was a reward that you would get on video games. They would give you a Bitcoin, right? So now, we, you know, we found, you know, grownups to, to, to monetize grown people, I mean, little kids' games, and we've fallen for it. But listen, it's one of those things. Either you get on the wave or you miss it. And you know all the yep, people that miss the internet and all. Listen, I'm not giving financial advice. I don't want nobody to say that like that. <laughs> neither am I. Neither am I. Either, you, you either sink or swim. You either figure this stuff out. Yeah. This whole metaverse, virtuality. I feel like I'm in Demolition Man and stuff. And Taco Bell is the only restaurant that survived. <laughs> but it's that was a great movie, right Demolition yeah, Man. You got to adapt. Yeah, you, you got to adapt. The world's the world's changing. Absolutely. See, but but also uh, what that what that talks about, right? You being a a, a veteran. That's also the part that people miss about being a leader in the locker room, right? Because we know when people finances are good, it allows them to focus on playing the game. And that's part mm -hmm. of being a leader is, is being able to share the information about what's going on and make sure that everybody in the locker room has the access to the information and, you know, that, that, that they can make great decisions for themselves and going forward in the future. And it's about having those conversations. You know, you know, some some locker rooms don't have those conversations. They're having conversations yeah. about the shake 'em up club, going out, <laughs> hanging out, and it's not the right conversations. You can always tell when you have a good tight knit conversation when you're talking about information, things that can make you better. Now, whether you choose to dabble in it or not, it tells you if you have a mature uh, locker room or you have an immature locker room. You know, guys like listen, South Beach is a real thing, right? And it's not that the Miami yeah. Dolphins are such a great team. Is that when you go down there, it takes extreme discipline. And when you have real right. leaders, you know, you you understand that we can go to the shake them up in the offseason. Right now, this is about business. No, absolutely. And, uh, you know, and, and that's a credit to everybody in the locker room because there are those a lot of those kind of conversations um, of, of just education. Um, and, you know, I, I'm somebody who I, I love learning. I'll ask questions just to learn, you know, not that I'm questioning you, but because I don't understand something. And, you know, the more information and education that you can spread, um, obviously the better. And like you said, you know, it's, it's your own, you know, it's your own grown man decision, whether you dabble in something or not. But, you know, if, if I know something, if I have information that I think could be helpful to somebody or anybody else, and I'm not sharing it, 
then, you know, I'm doing a disservice to to my teammates, my brothers, my friends, you know, everybody. I hey Braxton. Thanks for a couple of minutes today on this Victory Monday. Go enjoy it. And uh, really continued success on the field. Close strong these next two weeks. Happy New Year to you and your family. And uh, always appreciate the time. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right. That is Braxton Berrios. More Inside the Jets coming up next, presented by EY, Building a Better Working World. And welcome back to Inside the Jets. Stan Gross alongside Bart Scott. And Inside the Jets is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code GREEN for a special offer when you sign up. It's only at DraftKings Sportsbook. So two more weeks left in this NFL season, and you're starting to see things kind of fall into place a little bit. And more importantly, you're starting to see teams maybe even play themselves out of it a little bit with some disappointing play in the month of December, which, you know, it's not a cliche, right? You want to play your best this time of year. You want to be strong in the month of December. And unfortunately, there's some teams that didn't get that memo, Bart, but, uh, you know, it's like survival of the fittest, right? You separate the contenders from the pretenders. Yeah, and this year, I think with COVID, we have an added element where, you know, teams are playing and they physically may be healthy, but, you know, because of COVID and being in a protocol, they're not available for their team. And that's why, you know, you talk about the depth at your practice squad, you know, how many people you have that's there where you can call up a quality player that can help you get a win. You know, we saw the Ravens yesterday with Josh Johnson, you know, somebody who had played with us, who was yep. just there for 10 days that had to be the starting quarterback. And that's that's tough for any team, right? So you talk about you see other teams getting healthy from injury. I mean, the fact that the Rams can potentially get Cam Akers back for the playoffs after – How crazy is out, that, right? Yeah, going out with Achilles, right? It kind of reminds you of Rod Woodson. When Rod Woodson came back for the Super Bowl for the Steelers after, you know, blowing both of his Achilles out, you know, uh, trying to tackle Barry Sanders in space early in the season. You know, you know that, you know, uh, Derrick Henry may be coming back. You know, J.J. Watt has been rumored that he may be able to get back from that um, shoulder or pec injury. And, you know, that's just what it is. It's like, you know, you see some teams that just can't they, – they just run out of capable bodies, right? And some teams just aren't playing well, right? We, we were ready to crown the Cardinals as the best team in the NFC, and they've lost four. And this yep. is with Kyler Murray. Understanding that they don't have DeAndre Hopkins, he, he hasn't been able to get right with that hamstring. But we talk about one. Hell, the Ravens don't have, you know, had, didn't start the season with their starting uh, running back. They're, they're, you know, their starting running back core. They lost the entire core. They lost the entire secondary for the most part. And, you, you know, you feel for them, but nobody's going to feel sorry because it's not going to be an asterisk on the, whoever wins the Super Bowl this year. Whoever wins Super Bowl, listen, they, they're going to they're gonna be road wars. They're going to be battle tested. They're going to be a team that every team in the NFL has had to face, not something, a lot, right? right? They faced a lot. Right. And um, it's going to be interesting to see who rises up. But, you know, funny how when you have a premier franchise quarterback, everything else around you can be in chaos. As long as you have that, a healthy quarterback, you have an opportunity to win in this league and win consistently. We see that in Green Bay. We see that in Tampa. We see that at times in Los Angeles. You see it in Cincinnati. Uh, so the guy in Kansas I mean, City is not bad either. Yeah, and the guy in Kansas City has came back to remind us that he was a bad man and understand it's not how you start, it's how you finish. No doubt about it. And, you know, you mentioned Arizona a little while ago there. The game on Christmas night with Indianapolis going in there, you know, no Quentin Nelson, who might be the best offensive lineman in the NFL. Darius Leonard is down on the COVID list. Okay, so that's two of your best players right there. They were down yep. four linemen. Four, four linemen. top linemen. Four. four linemen. And we and know they, at least three of them are pro bowlers. Right. And they still go in there 
and beat Arizona. And you see the way the Colts have kind of gathered some steam here the last couple of months. As, yeah. as far as my money's worth, that is the team that I would not want to see come playoff time because they got a defense. They run the football. Those two things work when you're talking about playoff football, especially yeah. even on the road. The only X factor is Carson Wentz. Like well, Carson Wentz give up and Carson Wentz take up away. And so I'll, I'll one-up you. I'll one-up you the NFC equivalent of the Indianapolis Colts are the San Francisco 49ers. Yep. And 100%. once again, Jimmy G, he'll throw you out of it. As soon as you need to depend on him, he'll throw you out of it. Now, Jimmy G, I think, is playing a little bit better than Carson Wentz. But those are the question marks you have for those two teams. That's a team that nobody wants to face because you're going to be the favorite against them because you're going to be the higher seed. But, man, they can come in your house. And both of those teams remind me of the teams that I was a part of with the Jets. Yep. That when Good we call. come in, you know, our quarterback doesn't have to do much, make one or two plays. But it's going to be a tight game. And we're so accustomed, we're so accustomed to being in tight games that we didn't panic, that we didn't get nervous. They, those other teams that expect it to be a blowout that needs to win by 10 or 14, you know, can't be in one possession games because, you know, pressure bust pipes and eventually, you know, somebody's got to make a play and an interception here, interception there and mess everything up. It's going to be exciting to watch. You know, somebody's going to become a household name during this tournament and somebody's going to become a GOAT. And I'm not talking about a GOAT greatest of all time. I'm talking about the GOAT, like the guy who was responsible for the team blowing a win and losing because they threw a, a untimely interception mm -hmm. or, or a bad fumble, and that's what it, you that's what you love to see because we've seen at times guys like Eli Manning who limp their way into the playoffs that catch fire and just go crazy. We've seen guys like Joe Flacco limp into the playoffs and go crazy and win a Super Bowl. We've seen you know Aaron Rodgers in his only Super Bowl under title underneath his resume limp in as a six seed and go crazy. Is this one of the years where one of the six seeds or this instance seven seed can be just as dangerous as a number one seed? I say yes. Like even the Steelers in 2005, remember when Roethlisberger was in his second year when they beat the Seahawks in the Super Bowl? They came yeah. in as a wild card. Nobody thought that they would go all the way and they ended up doing it. It's, you know, we keep talking about it. You want to be playing your best football this time of year and. You know, you mentioned Baltimore, that game yesterday where, look, Cincinnati took it to him. Joe Burrow had an incredible game. And now you think about the Bengals, a team that the Jets beat earlier this season once upon yeah. a time on Halloween. They're looking down on everybody else in that AFC North. We thought the Bengals would be better. And I know that those other teams in that division, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, they've all had some adversity. But I don't know if anybody thought the Bengals would rise to the top of this division, especially in year number two of Joe Burrow's career. But give him credit. Now you give them credit, man. They, they, they've taken care of business, and they've been up and down like the stock market, right? You you look at them, and I kind of compare them where they're at to, to the Chargers, right? They're up and down, and you never know when you're going to get a dominating performance. You talk about Joe Burrow throwing for 500 yards. I think that's the fourth best performance in the history of the game, throwing for like 525 or something like that. But, I mean, let's be honest. I, I have no idea who's playing defensive back for the, for the, for the Ravens. Averitt goes down early. I mean, at this point, I don't I don't even recognize who they're putting out there. But listen, you don't apologize for that. When it's your opportunity and, and, and the football guys have blessed you with health, you take advantage of it. And that's a team that, hey, they got a good defense. Trey Henderson is a tremendous pass rusher. You know, he, he's I think he's had a sack in his last seven games or something crazy like that. We share agent. Their defense that can get after. They have two premier um, you know, safeties in Bates and Bell. 
They got some pass rushers. They, they, they have the ability to be in games when you have a special quarterback like Joe Burrow and all those weapons. Now you talk about T. Higgins, who sometimes is the forgotten receiver there. Jamar Chase, you talk about Tyler Boyd, who's forgotten as well. You know, they, they, can, they can get busy. And listen, any given Sunday, right? Any given Sunday, and it's about locking in. And this is where you know, the playoffs is where your coaching staff comes in, in, in to, to play too. Who right. can put together that ironclad game plan? Because what happens is you're going for against teams that sometimes you don't have familiarity with, that you didn't play this year. So you can jump on guys really early in the playoffs because you haven't played them. When we played the Chargers, they hadn't seen us. They, they didn't know what it was like. And when you watch teams on film, it doesn't look right. Like, oh, they're in tight games. They're really not explosive on offense. But they didn't, uh, they're not going to be able to stop our offense. Wrong. Cincinnati as well. Wrong. You talk about, you know, when 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 we when Peyton saw us, it was wrong. When Brady saw us for the other time, they had familiarity. But that's the opportunities when you go against opponents that you're used to going against, where you use their knowledge against you, where you take everything that they've studied about you and learned and have in their game plan and you and you switch it up. So then when they think they know how you play certain situations, it's opposite world. And, and right. you use it against them and it actually hurts them, the fact that they know you so well. Well, you're speaking of Brady, Jets are going to see him again coming up next Sunday, albeit in a different uniform. The first yeah. time they're going to get a look at him with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, defending Super Bowl champions. You know this team plays at a high level. Tom Brady never played this Jets team with this scheme per se necessarily, but you know that the Jets are going to have their hands full. It would be nice to get some guys back off that COVID list to suit up for this game. Well, it's going to be in the hands of, of, of Zach, right? Because we understand that that run defense is elite. And there, and Todd Bowles is going to put everything there. He's going to have to make quick decisions. He's going to have to know where his hots are because he's going to force, you know, Zach Wilson to make quick decisions. And 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 if Zach goes into a let me guess and not know and confirm what I see, it's going to be a long day. No doubt about it. Bart, have a happy New Year, my friend. You and the family, and we'll finish up strong. Two more to go. We'll be back next week, buddy. But have a great holiday. Absolutely. Happy New Year. All right. He's Bart Scott. I'm Dan Grassa. Thanks for joining us here once again on Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Happy New Year, everybody.